I'd win a gold medal if fill-in-the-blank was an Olympic sport. This is the Rich Eisen Show. I would be a gold medalist. Hit the music. If two-bounce tennis <laughs> was an Olympic sport. <laughs> two-bounce tennis. Two-bounce Greater tennis. than two-pump jump. The Rich Eisen Show. Today's guests. Rams head coach, Sean McVay. Albert Breer. Pro Football Hall of Famer, Michael Irvin. Plus, co-host of Peacock's Brother from Another, Michael Hawley. And now... It's Rich Eisen. Okay, everybody, welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. I am your humble host, sitting here at the Rich Eisen Show studios in Los Angeles, California. Good to see everybody here on NBC Sports on Peacock, this Rich Eisen Show radio affiliate, whether it's NBC Sports Audio, X Sirius XM Channel 211, or this Rich Eisen Show radio affiliate. Good to chat with all of you here on uh, the the uh, Thursday, right in the middle of the month, right in the uh, right. Uh, it's tax day, is it not, Chris Brockman? Happy well, tax actually, day. Well, actually, Rich, uh, yes, and traditionally in most years it would be tax day. Tax day is extended to May seventeenth. Thank this you, year. sir. Look at you. You're well, all grown well, stuff. I've been working on you're mine over the grown weekend, stuff, and so I'm and counting on that. Grown, you're all grown stuff, and you're all grown <laughs> stuff, and you're all grown <laughs> stuff over there talking about you know where your taxes are. Yeah. Well, good to see you over there, Christopher. Hey, great to see you. Mike Del Tufo, now a day removed from his second shot of Moderna. Stop talking about it except <laughs> to say he feels great. Good to see you, Mike. Wow. Good to see you, Rich. Good to see you, TJ Jefferson. Good oh, to see you. It is a pleasure to be here, You know Rich. what? We're just trying to put runs on the board uh, figuratively here yeah. in this show because Jake De, uh, Jacob DeGrom starting for the Mets today, and we know you're not going to get any of them for him. I mean, we got a better so chance of running. We're, we're trying to just put runs on the board. We're just trying to... We're just trying to score. We're just trying to, you know, knock things in. Uh, and in that regard, we're still buzzing mm. from the first in-studio guest appearance that this show has been fortunate enough to have in 13-plus months from Stephen A. Smith, who laid waste to the Dallas Cowboys yesterday and all their fandom, which is, as you know, is his want. Uh, and it was a simple question if he asked me, if I asked him if he missed writing because, you know, he was a sports writer first, and then he went off for 10 straight minutes about all of that about the Dallas Cowboys. Um, he also went all in on Michael Irvin, which is another one of his favorite pastimes, um, making fun of his suits, suggesting his hair is something less than real. The disrespect. I that mean, that was, was the mic drop was, oh at the end of his 40-minute appearance. I couldn't believe that. So, in the same way that we gave Stephen A. a chance to respond to Lil Rel Howry's story about Stephen A., being so disgusted by so his roster at an all-star celebrity game that he was coaching, <laughs> benching Lil Rel Howery, uh, and Stephen A. Uh, confirmed every last thing that came out of Lil Rel yeah. Howery's mouth from a few weeks ago. Uh, we're going to give Michael Irvin a chance to rebut oh. all of what Stephen A. Smith said. Fair and balanced. Man. Right away, going to call Michael up. He's joining us top of hour number three. That is what we call appointment viewing. Albert Breer will join us in the middle of this program. Um, he's going to tell us what happened at yesterday's The Ohio State Pro Day 2.0 for Justin Fields and what's going on with Justin Fields. As I told y'all, Uh-oh. as I told everyone, the whole Mac Jones is going to be the guy at third overall conversation is going to shift. It's going to it's going to be like a it's going to be like sand through the hourglass. <laughs> it might wind up collected at the very bottom essentially to tell everyone what time it is. 
or we could find so many shifts in the sand. And Justin Fields, you're already hearing it. Well, he certainly fits the needs of of a Shanahan offense, too. And he's the guy that they've wanted all along. And he did this at yesterday's pro day. He did that at yesterday's pro day. All of it. And then wait, wait till Trey Lance has his run at it next Monday. So, two weeks from tonight, we're finally going to get some answers. And one of our first guests up is a guy who's going to do nothing two weeks from tonight because he doesn't have a first-round selection. As a matter of fact, <laughs> his next first-round selection slated currently for the 2024 NFL oh, Draft. That's a the head coach me. of your, but I'm just saying that to your, to all of those out listening to us in Southern California on the Mightier 1090, uh, Rich Eisen Show flagship radio affiliate, but also to not one but two season ticket holders of the Los Angeles Rams across the way, Chris Brockman and Mike Del Tufo. What up, the, Mikey? The latter being the one who will actually go to the games as opposed to put them up for secondary ticket market consideration. True. You can DM me at Chris Brockman. Thank you very much. (laughs) So um, I'll, I'll query the head coach of the Rams as to what happened with Jared Goff. Why does Matthew Stafford fit the offense as well as the Rams indicated by all that they gave up, they believe to be um, worthy of, of his, acquisition and as we all know and this is another thing we'll hit with Albert Breer many teams in the NFL are seeing their players come out and say we're not showing up for off-season workouts if they are voluntary the NFL is saying that there will be as normal an off-season if you will with in-person OTAs and such, and then there will be a mandatory OTA coming up. And so that's kind of a dance that's going on between teams and their players, and the head coach of the Rams will chime in on that subject when Sean McVay joins us in about 14 minutes' time. Michael Holly of Brother From Another, along with Michael Smith, will help us take us to his show at the end of this program as we take you to Brother from Another on the NBC Sports on Peacock docket every single day. Also, let's turn to how lucky we are as sports fans. Sometimes we don't notice the forest from the trees. Positive. I love it. Yes. Let's go. Right? Sometimes we don't notice forest from trees. We have uh, currently, as last night was a perfect um, encapsulation of it, Two young athletes in North American professional sports that are outstanding, that are unicorns, that are unicorns. One, many of you already have seen and consider him a unicorn based certainly on his first two years in the NBA and what we saw in the bubble last year. But last night, Luka Doncic with his team in that seven seed that we're hearing quite a bit about He said, well, he said himself, I'm playing 72 games and now I got to play two games in order to actually keep going on. Normally in previous years, uh, a seven seed will assure yourself of a first round series. Now it assures you only of a play in game against a 10th seeded team for the right to move on in a play in tournament to be a seven and an eight seed in an actual 
first round of an NBA playoffs. And right now the Mavericks are firmly ensconced in that seventh seed uh, in front of the Grizzlies, who took on the Mavericks last night. And that's what made this as big a shot as possible because they're now two and a half games in front of the Grizzlies as opposed to just a half game in front of the Grizzlies with the Pelicans as the two, as the 11 seed, two games back. I mean, you know, this is dire stuff. Certainly if you have the desire to get out of the play-in tournament and be right on the heels of the six-seeded trailblazers, and Doncic just took that three-point shot with his foot I mean, he was like beyond, beyond the three-point line. What, what would you say? Is that a 45-degree angle? Like He looked like a yeah. pass rusher with a swim move coming around the edge. He looked like you know Von Miller coming around the edge with that shot where he had to go up and under the Memphis defense and keep his foot behind the three-point line and... The ball, I think, got released, I would think, what would you say, two, three, four feet inside the three-point oh, yeah, line? Yeah, like, for sure. He, he, he leapt from behind the arc, but once the ball left his hand, he was damn near at the elbow. And it was normally what would be from that spot, like a, a, a jump shot, it counted for three points, and thus the one-point win. Holy crap, what a huge shot that was. Oh, my gosh. And we might be looking back at that if they're a six seed. We might be looking back at that if they are the seven seed instead of the eight seed. Cuban comes running off of uh, from from the crowd, and he's one of the first to hug Luca. And That's awesome. Heck of a night in the NBA with that shot. And then in Major League Baseball, let's talk about this. I know I've been ranting quite a bit lately, and it's a good word for it. Sometimes, as you know, I get the New York in me. I get a little heated up, certainly when a sport that I love so much is is stuck in their own, you know, reverse because of their problem with game presentation with replay. I'll put that aside. What Ronald Acuna Jr. is doing for the Atlanta Braves is unicorn stuff. It's unicorn stuff. The guy is hitting 447 a couple weeks into the season. The guy is hitting 447 with power at the top of this lineup. The guy is hitting 447 at the top of this lineup with power and speed. We have seen him as he's coming off of a two-home run night last night. And a OPS of 1.500, it's stupid. <laughs> just in case you're wondering what does that mean. <laughs> Let's just, just, I'll just tell you this, it's stupid. <laughs> That's great analysis. Thank you. We've seen him beat out a grounder to lead off a game, a regular grounder to short, and Didi Gregorius of the... Phillies, and this was the game in which the replay botched home plate, so we might have missed the first play of the game. He beats out a regular grounder to short, and Gregorius didn't lollipop it over. He's got a howitzer. Yeah. Beat it out. We've seen him tag up and score from third base on a pop-out caught by a second baseman. Now, he was going into center field with his momentum taking him out towards the outfield, but still. 
I know a uh, friend of the program, so maybe. Uh, I think he is. Big Cat. Yeah. He's calling in the face of baseball on his Twitter feed. And I, 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 I don't disagree with him. I know he's a, an Atlanta Brave. Back in the day when we were younger, the they Braves were, were on all America's the team. Yeah, they were yeah. on the Superstation coast to coast. Because he's having fun, too. You see him on he base is. messing around with first baseman, second baseman, grabbing the bill of their caps, you know, yeah. and just messing around, having fun. Yeah, he scored from third the other night. I mean, I watch a lot of right. Braves games in my house, obviously. He scored from third the other night and was poking fun at the center fielder because he couldn't throw him out. <laughs> You know, they're doing the mix it up as they round the bases and they're just having a great time. He is incredible to watch. Can't get enough of it. Can't get enough of it. Base of baseball? I might be pushing it. No, I understand, though, that we're talking about who, who is the favorite? Is Bryce Harper? You know? I think it's Fernando Tatis, to be honest, even though he's out right now. But uh, he really burst onto the scene in the bubble. He's on the cover of MLB The Show, the video game. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's front and center in Gatorade commercials. Uh, Major League Baseball commercials are doing a better job of kind of pushing the players with some of their ads. Mm-hmm. Mike Trout also maybe face of the game. Well, maybe Acuna's putting his name in the mix with Betts and everybody Mookie else, as well, too. Yeah. I think baseball... I'm having fun watching In him. terms of uh, young stop, players, they're I, in a good spot. I might I, I remote drop if if I come upon his, uh, his at-bats. Yeah. Luca and Acuna. What a night. Acuna and Luca. Love it. And I think it's Two worth pointing young out... studs. Two non-American players. You know, Lucas from Slovenia, Acuna not American-born, and I think that's awesome that these two kids are the face of America's quote-unquote game. To use the phrase from Hamilton, which I don't know if you're as familiar with as I am. I'm not. Immigrants, they get the job done. Yeah. <laughs> so it's been fun to watch so far and where they'll take their teams. Acuna is definitely, if there is such a thing, two weeks in, your front runner for National League Most Valuable Player. I'll throw that one out I there, would. bud. I totally agree with you. Just to clarify I'll just something. Throw that one out there for you. <laughs> I just I'm I who knows if I'm over my skis or excited so because I'm so excited about watching him play. But it's time to talk about that as opposed to something else. Yes. Yes, sir. When when you say face of, you yes. mean not counting LeBron James, right? You mean young face of the, the NBA. No, I'm not talking about the NBA. I'm just talking about baseball. Oh, I thought you said Luca. No, 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 no. Def- Acuna. About, you know, face of baseball. I know that Big Cat is having fun with it, but I don't think he's too damn far off, man. And then there's the case of Trevor Lawrence. Is he the next face, young face of the NFL, right? Mahomes is that. Mm. Yes. I mean, Mahomes is still a young buck, so he's still the young face of the NFL. He's probably but, got that title for a while. But Trevor Lawrence is the face of the draft. That's a fact. Fact. The hair will be flowing, and that's the face. Of the, he will be the, the face of the rookie class. I just want to say this because I, I, I love his game. And as you know, he had me at hello. <laughs> he had me at hello the minute that he ran away from the Ohio State defense two playoffs ago against Ohio State. Okay. He had me at hello. He had every scout at hello. He's all that plus biscuit. Uh, as you know, the minute the Jets started losing consecutive games, which was week two, Last year, even between weeks one and two, I I was wondering if the Jets should lose every single game from there on out. And then when they looked like that was what they were going to do and then won two games in a row, I was beyond despondent. 
So I say that up front about Trevor Lawrence. But the quotes that Trevor Lawrence gave to Sports Illustrated and his dad gave to Sports Illustrated and his former high school coach gave to Sports Illustrated to characterize him and give us all a glimpse into what makes him tick, none of them, in my mind, raise a red flag. Except for the fact that if Josh Rosen had said it, or someone from Justin Fields' camp had said it this year, we'd all be going nuts. That's a fact. Could you imagine? Hold on a second. Here we go. Could you imagine if Josh Rosen said, talking about the burning desire and a chip on a shoulder, could you, what if Josh Rosen said a chip on the shoulder, playing with a shoulder chip, was quote unquote, I think that's unhealthy. Just always thinking that you've got to prove somebody wrong, you've got to do more, you've got to be better. Could you imagine if Josh Rosen had said that? Could you imagine if Justin Fields' high school coach said, quote, he could walk away from it being football tomorrow and be fine? Could you imagine if anybody in the family of Josh Rosen or Justin Fields said what Trevor Lawrence's father said about his mentality? Quote, he's not, quote, unquote, I want to win a Super Bowl at all costs. Could you possibly Imagine the 19 alarm fire <laughs> yeah, the man. year Josh Rosen came out. I can. Could you imagine as Justin Fields is going through 2.0 of his pro day with the questions put out there by Dan Orlovsky of ESPN, and I'm, I, I, we've had Dan on, we'll have him on again. In this day and age, if a member of the scouting community, the analyst community, any community that talks about a draft choice hears that so-and-so doesn't put in hard work or isn't a hard worker, they'll never say that on the air. You'll hear buzzwords because saying somebody is not a hard worker or anything of that nature has a completely biased tendency against that pick. It could be true. It might not be true. Somebody once saw him a couple days in a row show up late, leave early. They also have an ax to grind. That's what's said to somebody. They don't need to say it out loud. There are many questions about his abilities to absorb information. There are many questions about on time, sometimes his leadership skills. There are many ways to say it. But to come out and say someone is, if you will, last and first out at the quarterback position is a tough thing to hear. Could you imagine if Justin Fields, anybody said, or he said, uh, you, you know, it's just always thinking that you've got to prove somebody wrong. <laughs> That's unhealthy. I will still take Trevor Lawrence in a heartbeat and not look back. That's what he is. That's who he is. We saw what's on film. We see it. And I guess if Justin Fields or Josh Rosen put anything on film that Trevor Lawrence did, we might excuse it for their drafts as well. But that didn't happen. And that's not happening with Justin Fields. I just kind of, that's what kind of hit me about all this. And I wanted to bring that up. 
Yeah, and, and some people were hitting. I, I retweeted. I saw the same quotes, uh, and I hit it on my account. And someone hit me. Well, Josh Rosen slipped in the same draft for the same reasons. Well, yes and no. I mean, Josh Rosen was not heralded as this generational lock number one pick for years right. like Trevor Lawrence, and he didn't win as much as Justin Fields. No, I know. That's what I'm saying is that this so, guy's resume can actually make us not bat an eye at something like you're that. Right. But somebody else is less – I mean, and to basically discard them as yeah. possible high draft picks because of it is ludicrous to me. And Josh Rosen still went 10th overall. Very high in the draft. Got to be on time for Sean McVay, the head coach of the Los Angeles Rams. So let's take a break and be back with the HC of the LAR next here on this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. The epic speed driver, something I want to quickly talk to you about before we take our break. Artificial intelligence. You've heard me mention it quite a bit when it comes to the epic driver. Now the epic speed driver contains jailbreak, jailbreak speed frame, which is an AI design structure connects at the top of the bottom of the driver immediately behind the face. What does this mean? What it means is the speed frame helps reduce the amount that the driver had twists and deforms when you hit the ball. More energy stays in the driver face, transfers to the golf ball. More energy in the golf ball means more ball speed. Do you pick up what I am putting down? Yeah, buddy. The epic speed driver makes ball go far. Also, it's just about for any player, the jailbreak, jailbreak speed frame. I like the Epic's Max. It's got a lot of forgiveness. The Epic Speed is the fastest Epic and the better player's Epic. Max LS capitalizes on the tour preferred combination of low spin plus high stability. Check out the Epic family of drivers at Callaway Golf today. CallawayGolf.com slash Epic. Sean McVay and his Epic Lid when we come back. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices make sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests work is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. 
Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash eisen. This is the Rich Eisen Show. What was it like shooting that scene, though, with Ray Kinsella and his father? I mean, did, how many, how, how long did, that, how did you that, that, how Well, to we had that? to do that. At these, you notice that we did that at Magic Hour. You also noticed that when that shot pulled back and you saw all those cars, you know, now, but that would have been CG'd. But that was technically, uh, that was all extras that we called on the radio, come be in our movie. And they created that big traffic jam. No. Hold on a second. So that traffic jam, that's a real... That's a real shot. And the people from Iowa came, and so so many people feel like they're a part of that movie. So those thousands and thousands of cars that were in that giant traffic jam that went out on those two lanes, that was real. But in terms of playing it, in terms of, as you said, the, the quiet moment, yeah. how did you work that, Kevin? Well, I, you know, when I did, what I did was I went back to when I first read it. And so I become the audience when I read it. And I when I read it, I went... <gasps> I couldn't believe that it had orchestrated itself to that thing, and I had that feeling on the couch. And so I knew if I played that straight, if I didn't wink at anybody, mm -hmm. that these players did come. You know, that's my corn. <laughs> you know, Phil Robinson is the, is the architect of that movie. You know, um, I tell a story, you know, and I don't tell it well often, but. You know, they kept coming after me. I wasn't going to be able to do that movie. I was going to do Revenge, and I got into a... Finally, Revenge kept getting pushed, kept getting pushed, and finally I had to put my foot down and say, look, uh, if you don't get this movie together, I'm going to go to do this movie in the corn. I asked the director, why did you hold out for me so long? Why? And he said, well, and this is one of the greatest actors we've ever seen. He goes, they wanted me to do it Robin Williams. And I said, I said, Robin Williams is perfect. He said, yeah, but when I think of Robin, I think he does hear voices in the corn. <laughs> and I don't want that. People don't believe you hear voices. And that was a really interesting, that was a, that's a director that makes a save. That's a Mariano Rivera, you know, sure. it's a save. He saved his movie because of his belief in an idea. You know, not the quality of actor, because Robin Williams will never. Of course, this is this is a guy so special. But I, but I was curious. I said, he's actually a bigger star than me. You know, you know, whatever. And he goes, I need somebody that you don't think cares voices. And that would be you. I've never heard Robin Williams was considered for that role. That's unbelievable. And then you did it, and obviously we're we're talking about it today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It had gold dust on it when I read it because I did that little intake of breath. <gasps> Do you want to have a catch? And of course, I, I wept myself. YouTube.com slash Rich Eisen Show for all of our archives here on Peacock and more. Back on the Rich Eisen Show is one big happy simulcast family. Albert Breer, hour number two. Michael Irvin, my Pro Football Hall of Fame friend to respond. I imagine vigorously to what Stephen A. Smith dropped here on this program in studio last last uh, last oh, oh, The disrespect, Rich. Oh, That's right. Michael Holly, a brother from another, uh, will help us take us to his show. Uh, is our next guest on the phone line, Christopher? Yes, he is. 
He is now entering his fifth year as a head coach of your Los Angeles Rams. Joining us here on the Rich Eisen Show once again is Sean McVay. How are you, Coach? I'm doing good, Rich. I appreciate you having me on, man. I started to get sensitive. It's been a long time. It has been too long, and I'll just say my bad. I'll just say my bad, but I greatly appreciate you giving me the time. And, you know, it's in, in my coming up on two decades of, of doing something uh, like this with the NFL, um, having a head coach on two weeks before the draft, usually I do like having that cat and mouse game of trying to get something out of them about their choice at the first round. But uh, my uh, soon-to-be bar mitzvah kid is going to go to college by the time you get a first rounder the next time. Sean, you know so, what? That's probably true. There's, you know, uh, not much interest when our first pick is 57, and and at this rate, you're right. We'll never pick in the first round <laughs> as long as I'm coaching here. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, you know, hey, uh, smoke them if you got them. Well, let's get to the reason why uh, you don't have first round picks in the next two drafts as we're getting set for this year's draft. What what did you see in Matthew Stafford that made you think this is? a perfect fit for what I'm seeing the Los Angeles Rams doing on offense for a while to come. Yeah, I I think he's a special competitor, Rich. I've always admired his game from afar, the toughness, the way that he rallied guys around him. You know, one of my favorite things about him is just watch the way his teammates respond to him. You see some of the quotes that have come out uh, about him from people that have been close to him. I can't tell you the amount of people that have reached out to me, whether it's coaches or teammates that, can't say enough good things about him and then really when you know it was made that he was possibly a guy that could be on the market and you start really studying his game uh as if okay we might have the potential to acquire this guy you're thinking man he's pretty unique the way he sees the field obviously all the you know the ability in the world in terms of being able to change the platform to make the throws and then as you get to know him you can't help but love the guy and you see why people speak the way they do about him and and i am uh you know, fired up to say the least to get a chance to work with him. Well, one thing he didn't have in Detroit um, is is a consistent running game. Uh, I mean, you you the number of times apparently that he had a rusher go for a hundred yards in a game, and he played there as we know for a decade uh, is in the teens. It, it's it's not I, a lot, or it could be eleven. I think so, ele- I was going to say I think the number is eleven, Rich, right. which. Uh, you know, it's tough. That quarterback position is as tough as it gets. And, uh, you know, I do think, you know, to hopefully be able to be a little bit more balanced, be able to alleviate some of the stress. But but he can certainly do some unique things in those known passing situations. And um, fired up, man, real fired up. So um, what what exactly, if you could just dive a little bit into the X's and O's, do you think he can do at the quarterback position that makes your system, if you will, hum in a manner that maybe we hadn't seen in the last couple of years what is that Yeah, you know i would say this rich you know jared has done so many great things for us so you know i don't necessarily know if it's you know what hasn't been done i think it's what matthew brings to the table when you do look at what he can do you know you're able to act you know execute and activate your play actions your movements you know those things but then when you get into the known passing the third downs the two minute drills at the end of the half end of the game the way that he's able to move and manipulate the pocket, the way he's able to recognize and understand coverage and make all five eligibles come alive, uh, the way that he can create off schedule in the pocket, out of the pocket, and just the overall competitiveness and command, those are the things that I think he brings to the table. You know, when you're really playing that position, when you're asked to get through progressions, 
recognize, read, solve problems protection-wise. You're seeing him do a lot of those things. And, um, you know, to be able to, to, you know, work together to collaborate, you know, I, I think you're really excited about that collaboration because he's got a lot of good film and a lot of exposure to different systems that ultimately, uh, you know, you'll see us, you know, bring into our arsenal because it starts with the quarterback always in everything we do. John McVay here on the Rich Eisen Show, head coach of the Los Angeles Rams. And I understand me asking about what Stafford can do in the offense that made you want to move in that direction that in this world where we parse every word that comes out of a, a head coach's mouth, it might be viewed in a way as being denigrating to the guy that was there uh, yep. in Jared Goff. I totally understand that. That said, you're, um, you're, atta- you're being attached to the hip of Goff, being hired to do something for somebody who was the first overall selection in the draft in this copycat league. Other coaches, I think, were hired based on your success with Jared Goff so I, I, I'll just give you the macro question, and you can answer it however detailed as I hope you can. What, what happened with you and Jared Goff in Los yeah, Angeles? I, I would say this. You know, when, when I look at, you know, my contribution to it, Rich, I think sometimes you can let the uh, success get in the way of the enjoyment and the core values that you want to operate by. And I, I wish I would have consistently communicated better, but, you know, it's about, you know, producing. And certainly that doesn't fall exclusively on his shoulders. But the opportunity to acquire a player of Matthew Stafford's caliber is there, there's really something to be said for that. That was the intriguing opportunity that presented itself. But, you know, when you go back and you watch, there's a lot of good things that Jared did late, even late in the year. I mean, you see the way he played on, against Tampa on Monday Night Football and a big win for us, the way he played against Arizona. Uh, at a a key part in our season, and then to be able to come in, no practice, having the thumb surgery, and lead us to a playoff victory against Seattle. So there's a lot of good things that that he did. Uh, I think he'll do a really nice job in Detroit, but it it was a pretty unique opportunity when, you know, Matthew was made, it was known that he was available, and we kind of explored it, and and things accelerated faster than I think anybody could have anticipated. So, but when when do you make that decision to go for it? I mean, being look, obviously, you and Les Snead are known for your aggressiveness. It's not like we haven't seen something like this before. Certainly, out of out of Les before your tenure as the HC of the LAR. Um, so, <laughs> at what point, you know, did you make this decision that maybe it wasn't working out with you and Jared Goff in LA? Well, I think uh, when you look at just the landscape of the league and the amount of conversation that uh, that evolved and revolved around the quarterbacks that could be available that maybe one out that don't you know he was a guy that's in that upper echelon of the league and performed at a high level that was really the only one that was truly available you know the lions had said okay we are going to allow you to seek a trade everything else is speculation and so when that became kind of publicly known that he had talked to ownership and, and Rod Wood, and they granted that permission. Now we're saying, all right, let's do our due diligence, really study the player. Uh, fortunately, I do think that some of the relationships with Brad Holmes was helpful in facilitating a lot of that dialogue mm-hmm. where not getting out, but there is uh, you know a certain level of mutual respect and trust on both sides. And, and really, it was as soon as uh, you know it was made of known that he was available that we kind of started exploring it and the dialogue started, and you know, like like has been uh, kind of reported, Rich. Both Matthew and I were in Cabo yes. when everything finalized, and you know, as much as I don't think anybody would believe it, it is true that it happened by coincidence. 
<laughs> so you, you weren't like, let's go vacation and uh, and and jump uh, into uh, the 2021 season together. That uh, those things are mutually exclusive, is what you're saying. Uh, yes, I, I'm saying you know we're on vacation, and then uh, then it's known that hey, Matthew Stafford and his wife Kelly and a couple of their friends happen to be at the same resort. I said, you got to be me. I cannot <laughs> believe. That. No kidding. Wow. So you didn't just, like, go to the spa together and run into each other in terry cloth uh, bathrobes? It literally was somebody just told you that, and you reached out, and then all of a sudden you're now coaching quarterback. I guess much. so. I mean, Cabo, it was a pretty, uh, it was a pretty unique spot. It was uh, one of the few that wasn't restricted right. in terms of, you know, being opened up. And, you know, I ran into Drew Brees was down there. I think Sean Payton coached Nagy Jeez. at some point. So like it was an NFL we had the league meetings in Cabo early. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, Sean McVay here uh, on the Rich Eisen Show. Okay, so while I have a few minutes left with you, let's, let's have a little fun because I know you've got your own house in, to, to, to be concerned about. You've got your own team. You've got your own competition uh, in the NFC West. Uh, so commenting about somebody else's house in your division is something uh, I'll give a little bit of a whirl here. You know about evaluating quarterbacks. You know about your system being your system, or at least your scheme being your scheme, and you knowing exactly what's right for it. So, and you know about being aggressive to go get the quarterback that you want if the opportunity is there. Do you think the 49ers made this trade to go up to number three overall without fully knowing which quarterback, not named Lawrence or Wilson, they're going to take. Do you think they're still truly evaluating who they're taking third overall, Sean McVay? What do you think? What What do you think to, to that? Uh, okay, I like that you're turning the tables. That's a very veteran maneuver. Uh, <laughs> I, I will say I don't think – I think they have to know who they have. They can't say it because anything can happen. And, you know, clearly they're not going to give up the pick. They're not doing this to trade it in for better picks – I think they have to know, and I think they yeah. got to go to the owner and saying this is the guy that we think. Um, yeah, and, I'm saying NFC, yeah, with no chance that there wasn't a strong feeling or at least an appreciation for no matter what happens with those first two picks right. with Jacksonville and New York that we're going to feel great about it. I do know this, and this is what you always respect about you know Kyle and and when I worked for Mike, uh, they're going to do their work. They're going to be convicted in their beliefs. There's a security that exists where, you know, they trust the expertise and, and their, you know, due diligence. I know Kyle's going to be studying the heck out of these guys that are possibilities. And um, I do think that everything was done with a, with a plan in mind while also knowing that I'm, I'm sure they're still kind of really ironing it out to make sure. But I'd have a tough time believing knowing how intentional Kyle is about everything and, and John and, and those guys in San Francisco that, they didn't feel good no matter what the scenario is about either one or two guys or a few that, that would be available at that third pick when you when you give that much up to go up. But they might not be sharing it with many breathing people on the planet. But you think that when they when John Lynch struck that deal with Shanahan with the Jed York green light, that they know who they, they, they're gonna take right now. Yeah, I think I think that there was an intentionality that no matter what happened with those first two picks, we're going to feel great about giving this up and what we're going to acquire in the player that we choose at the three spot. Man, what a division. Arizona keeps adding people too. We all know Seattle with the drama with Russell looks like he's coming back. Uh it's a phenomenal you got you you're in a deep end of the pool, man, but it's a it's a fun pool. It's a No, it's deep not fun. Pool. It's really not a fun <laughs> pool. It's, it's uh, you know, it's a pool that I wouldn't mind uh, you know, not being in to be honest with you, but uh okay. hey, it like sure it. makes it fun for you to to say, "Hey, how is it fun swimming in the deep end six times a year, Sean?" <laughs>
<laughs> oh, you love the competition. Plus, you've got the Pacific Ocean, too. So you got you got the ocean also. Uh, bef- That's exactly right. Before I let you go, the subject matter of off-season workout, voluntary off-season workouts um, being uh, on the table uh, as a conversation piece as well as a potential not going to do this piece. We saw a handful of teams already or players on these teams say they're not going to participate in any in-person voluntary off-season workout programs. How do you, as an HC in the NFL, feel about the possibility of voluntary workouts not being, um, once again, for a second straight year, um, viable for a lot of players? Yeah, I think for coaches, you know, we're always going to want the opportunity to connect and and work with our players, you know, and that's not going to change um, but I think it is important that we're listening, we're understanding the perspective that they're coming from, and then figuring out what is the best way to collaborate and to be able to communicate with one another in a way that, that ultimately gets the solution that's best for our football team. And so I think there's a lot of things that will still need to be figured out when you bring into you know, the conversation vaccines. What does that mean? You know, The league came out with a memo uh, yesterday basically saying, hey, here's what the parameters are around phase one, phase two, and phase three. So, you know, we're going to be all virtual for the first month with our meetings. Okay, There'll be an option to come in and lift, and then we'll kind of just take it a day at a time, and, and we've got to be able to have the flexibility and the agility to adjust and adapt accordingly. But it's about listening and, and really collaborating with these guys is the important thing for us. And who are the, who's the guy you'd talk to about that? Is it a Whitworth conversation? Who else do you talk it's to about that? It's a Whitworth. That's an Aaron Donald. That's a Matthew Stafford. That is, you know, Jalen Ramsey, that's those guys that have been your leaders, the Woods, the Cups. You know, we, we've got a leadership committee that, that you, you know, you really lean on those guys and understand their perspective. And, um, you know, they're so well thought out and they've got experience and an understanding from both ends of the spectrum. And so I think it would be naive of me not to listen to those guys. Coach, appreciate it. Uh, really always enjoy our chats. Uh, I'll be at the draft on Thursday night. Um, I'll be thinking of you, you know, raising uh, it. could be like a trading places across the country. I'll just raise my glass to you and like uh, looking good, Sean, feeling good, Rich, or something like that. We could have one of those type moments through the television set uh, on that first night of the draft, and then we'll just That's catch right. up. The Rams, the Rams coaching staff will we'll figure out a way to play draft bingo or something and just watch like fans. I look forward to being the the, the you got to you know you got to have us on the on the screen. I mean, just no there, doubt there is an eye in Rich and Eisen, coach. Just let's put it all pull together in the right spot. Okay, let's do that. Hey, I love it. I, it's always good to be back on. And, Thanks, Sean. You know, hopefully sooner than later I can come see you guys in person too. I look forward to that. I pound the table for that. Thank you for the call. That's Sean McVay of the Los Angeles Rams right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Took every fiber of my being to say to him, you know, you got to have us on NFL Network. You know, the <clears throat> one broadcast who's got a host who's hosting the draft for, I wrote it down somewhere. Let's see. What number is what it again? Carry, Six, carry the four. four three, I think it's 17. Six. By the way, uh, radio audience, I'm, I'm rustling these papers for effect. I'm not looking at them. The peacock audience it's, knows it's just I think perfect. it's 17. Oh, that's it. I wrote it down. Yeah. Congrats on that. Let's take a break. There has been a... got to move on. No. Well, I guess I am. I, I was just doing that's, that. I mean, see? you know, the Mattress got to just back off. Right? Stop it. Surprising and um, sudden retirement in the NBA. We will hit that before we welcome in Albert Breer in hour number two and then touch upon the latest unwritten rule of baseball that was apparently broached last night.
talk about. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least the partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is the Rich Eisen Show. I tried to explain to my eight-year-old the other day about what an encyclopedia was. Why? Well, you know what? I sold encyclopedias for one week in Kansas Get City. Out of here! I swear to you, I I, I you went door to door. David Keckner was a door to door encyclopedia salesman in Kansas City. Yes, I, I came I, uh, after my sophomore <laughs> year in college. I decided I'm not going back to Tipton, Missouri, where I'm from. Two thousand yes. people. I'm going to go to Kansas City where I get some buddies there. Yeah. I met from college. My dad said, "Okay, well, you have to have X number of dollars saved yes. before you go back to school." Yes. Because I'm not just, you know, paying for everything. So I had a series of jobs, one selling cable, one selling encyclopedias, one selling Circus Delight ice cream, none of which panned out. What? I just had job after job. How many encyclopedias did you sell? None. Zero. There was a 10-page script. You had to go into yes. people's houses, and it yes. was a takeaway script. Yes. Do you believe education is important? Yes, of course I well, do. Great, so do I. It was just page after page of that. It was a takeaway. Well, I'm not sure you're... Really committed to your children if you don't believe blah, 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 blah. We used to get dropped off in the neighborhoods at like 1045 at night. Yeah. And, and ring the bell. Ring the bell. <laughs> we had cops called on us. I'm like, I don't think this job is the right one. Well, David, if uh, not to top you, as you topped me at the very Doesn't beginning matter, of this conversation. Friends. There's okay. no topping. There's forever. Only, there's forever. A, forever. There's only communion. Okay, okay yes. so here, so uh, I. This is my favorite story, by the way. One of my first jobs I ever had was cold calling Brooklyn and Staten Island residents for the New York Post at Saturday morning, 8 a.m. And the language I heard yeah. 
it, it's not even safe for certain types of work. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I could not, and I would sell uh, eventually the newspaper to people who hardly spoke English, oh. and it was terrible. I they felt thought they I, had to take it. I felt I don't even think they knew what the hell the New York Post was. Right. But I mean, at eight in the morning on a Saturday, just call people up. You know, uh, yeah. Uh, what would be, are, 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 do you have? Do you, do you subscribe to the New York Post? No, I do not. Like, what would you like? I mean, it was terrible. Man. Oh my gosh! And then terrible. halfway after a minute, they're like, who is this? I know. What? What? Do you remember the pitch at all? Oh, it was just, yeah. I mean, you know, how would you like to get the most New York or something stupid like that? Or But at 8 a.m., a, a lot of people don't pick up. No. Or if they do, they're just really... They're not interested in, uh, in subscribing yeah. to a newspaper. Confused and then irate. So did you, so did you get, you didn't even get close to selling your no. encyclopedia? No, oh. no, no, not even close. I mean, Even I, with I'll that t- opening line of, do you care about education? Is education, you, yeah, it, you know what, I'll, I'll tell you this. <laughs> I, could, I could, I only memorized the first page. Uh-huh. So had I gotten to a sale, I would not have known what to do. <laughs> that was the greatest time. So funny. Gosh. I mean. <laughs> I wouldn't know what to do. It's <laughs> a great line. <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, our radio audience back, back here on the Rich Eisen Show. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. So it seems like Sean McVay is going to go virtual for the first month and then at some point talk to the guys about, okay, well, let's let's uh, see how we can get everyone in here, right? Uh, let's talk to Breer about this. Cause again, as you know, uh, it's very difficult to say somebody is not doing something for COVID reasons when right. there's an ulterior motive. I got really angry about that as a Michigan Wolverine, right? Mm-hmm. Players though, don't, I think would like to push back on the concept of what's voluntary and what's mandatory finally, and have something, uh, some change affected by it. So we'll talk to Albert Breer about that when he joins us in hour number two here on this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. And um, look, I, I mean, McVeigh's not going to come out and say, you know, golf wasn't what we thought he was going to be. But when he says that production matters, yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Yeah. You know what? I remember that um, that game that he mentioned about golf performing well, right? He mentioned that golf performed well in that Tampa game. That Monday night Tampa game. Um, what what leaps out to me about that game, Chris, was I believe that victory over Tampa was that the Week Eleven game. Will you look that up for me? I think that was the Week Eleven game going into Week Twelve, which is when they lost to, or is it the Week Ten game? It was one of those. One of the. It, it might have been the last game they lost before the Chiefs. Do you have that in front of you? Their yeah, schedule. Let me look. Uh, so twenty seventeen. Oh God. So so, it, it was it was. One of the more remarkable moments that Tampa. Um. Wasn't performing well on offense. They gave the ball back to Tom Brady with less than two minutes to go, and say, "Try and beat us." And walked out with the win on defense. And that was a game in which golf was performing well. Oh, you meant I thought you meant the other No, Sorry, the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers, it was it was a, a game in which at any rate, it was it was quite a, a tight contest. And they <laughs> I came in here the next day. I'm like, how many times do you see somebody giving the ball back to Tom Brady? And that's an indication that they the the other team does not believe that Brady and that offense was going to perform very well and then 
they took off right from there. Yeah, you're right. Week 11 was the Bucks. Was the Bucks game? Bucks and Rams. Yes. And then the Bucks the next week lost to the 49ers. Lost the lost to the to the Chiefs, and then they didn't lose again the rest of the year. The Bucks, you mean? Yes. yes, that's what I mean. Yes. At any rate, uh, there was a surprising retirement in the in the um, NBA earlier today. Um, we all know um, LaMarcus Aldridge was bought out by the San Antonio Spurs. They announced that their relationship after so many years were was done. He wound up signing with the Nets. He went to the hospital for an irregular heartbeat and uh, retired today. LaMarcus Aldridge Shocking. says, I, it's time to put my health and family first. And um, he put out this statement that he signed. He wrote his letter with an interesting for him to say a heavy heart. And he said his rhythm got worse, really worried him even more, the irregular heartbeat. One of the scariest things I've experienced is what he said. Oof, I can't imagine. He retires only one of only 25 players in the history of the NBA to have over 19,000 career points, 8,000 career rebounds. That's a select group. Seven-time All-Star, five-time All-NBA. Second overall selection out of Texas in the 2006 NBA draft. 15 years in the NBA. By the way, uh, do you know who was chosen first overall in that draft? I just looked it up. Toronto's Andrea Barnani. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think I botched the Italian name. You know who went third? Adam Morrison. Adam Morrison. Yeah, LaMarcus Aldridge technically drafted by the Chicago Bulls. They swapped him with the Portland Trailblazers for Tyrus Thomas, everybody. And then had some terrific years in Portland, signed with San Antonio, and had terrific seasons with them. And we send you know our best. And just a fresh reminder, everybody that's out there, flesh and blood, just like the rest of us. Get that ticker check, man. Definitely. So LaMarcus Aldridge has retired just today that's frightening stuff man yeah for sure Whew. he had a great jump shot i can't believe i just mentioned it in the past tense but he just he, he had just had a smooth, smooth game he was really smooth he made it kind of look easy too. he did it was, it was effortless he just it did seem that totally effortless in the 2006 nba draft only two uh, three other first-rounders got selected to at least an all-star game team. Brandon Roy. Oh, talk about a career ending too early. Yep. Rajon Rondo, chosen 21st overall. How about this? I You could knock me over with a feather. He's been in the league this long. Kyle Lowry. Would you have guessed he and Rondo are in the same draft? No, absolutely not. I was going to say, quite a few guys still playing from this draft. 24th overall, Kyle Lowry. P.J. Tucker was drafted in the second round of this draft. Paul Millsap is another name that jumps off the screen. Rudy Gay still playing. Yep. J.J. Redick. J.J. Redick, 11th overall by the Orlando Magic. 
Sending our best to LaMarcus Aldridge, who's retired from the NBA. Albert Breer coming up, hour two, talk some football. I'm back thinking, here on the show. That's not, a, that's not a great photograph of me. I'm not going to lie. That's, that's, uh, that's, I look, um, I look wow. tired. And that's when Breer came in with that with Nantucket, Nantucket George tan. Hamilton yeah. gleam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know. Nantucket tan. Rich, I was thinking about this in, in terms of Jared Goff. Knowing what we know what happened to the Philadelphia Eagles how they win a Super Bowl and now quarterback coach gone. Do you think if Goff doesn't throw late and hits Cooks for a touchdown and the Rams win that Super Bowl, we've got a breakup here between Goff and McVay? Maybe so. Still. Maybe so. I don't know if you've noticed, but the Rams are aggressive. And when they got a thought in their head, they go chase it. go for it, yeah. I don't know if you've noticed that. (laughs) Yeah, I have. So, Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they, I, I, I'm not going to sit here and say, yeah, Goff would still be here, whatever. But he would if. He, I, 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 I don't like know. A Super Bowl win would have bought that, bought him maybe another year. I don't know. Two. Would it have bought him the confidence or the belief in in maybe. by the coach and him in himself? Maybe. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I don't know. I don't know. Just listening to Sean talk, I just had that thought. Like, hmm, I wonder if he doesn't throw that late. Cooks hauls it in. They beat Tom Brady. And now, well, talk to any Rams fan, and they'll say that that throwing it late and missing the guy—that's who golf, that's who golf is, right? Fair or not, that is what a Rams fan would say. I don't know of a single Rams fan that thought that's too much to give up to Matthew Stafford. We should have stuck with golf. I have not spoken to that individual yet. No, I, I don't know if that individual exists I here in Los Angeles. Anywhere, no. Because the Rams have been here in Los Angeles enough for people to feel enough ownership to complain about the Rams' performance. I think you're right about that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And this trade here in L.A. was greeted with a hell yeah that the young roster that the Rams have, that they can win with Stafford now, that to hell with the first-rounders. And have the Lions enjoy those first-rounders being in the bottom third of the first round for the next two years. But I, I wasn't kidding that my son, who's about to be bar mitzvah, is going to get ready to start driving by the time that they choose in the first round next. Maybe. Wasn't too far like, off. By the way, maybe. Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> they, might, they might trade out of that, too. <laughs> Once again, the Rams are aggressive, and they go for what they like to see. <laughs> 